You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. In the basic version of having nerves for an audition or having nerves of going out on the stage, if I have armed myself with as much prep work as possible, it's going to make it easier. It just is. And that's the mental game. It's going to make it easier in my mental game. Welcome to another episode of Audition Secrets. I'm Justin Guarini, and you are listening to the behind-the-scenes podcast for nailing more auditions, booking more jobs, and the podcast that gives you outstanding conversations with some of the movers and shakers in our business. And this week, we have a very talented mover and shaker in the form of Sierra Bagues. If you don't know who she is, she's an American theater actress and singer best known for originating the role of Ariel in The Little Mermaid on Broadway and for her multiple, multiple, multiple appearances as Christine Die in the Phantom of the Opera. Ladies and gentlemen, Sierra is no joke. Anybody who can take on Christine Daae for many, many years is no joke in my book. And when you hear this interview, you will understand why she is who she is, why she has gotten where she has gotten, and why she has been one of my most favorite interviews to date. Real quick, before we get to the interview, if you have not gone to broadwaypodcastnetwork.com to check out all the wonderful theater podcasts, this one included, in their network, make sure that you go there. I strongly struggled for so long to try and find theater podcasts that I loved. And they're out there, but they were all over the place. But Broadway Podcast Network has brought them together in one place. And not only can you hear things like Little Known Facts Podcasts or Broad Wasted or The Ensemblist, but you can hear this podcast and so many other wonderful theater-related podcasts. So make sure you go to Broadway Podcast Network and check it out. All right, let's get to my interview with the one, the only, Sierra Bugess. Every time I see your name, I think of the time I saw you in some, I don't know, huge concert somewhere in Europe where the announcer said, and now... Sierra Bogues. And it was just so crisp. And it tickles me every single time I hear it in my head. Welcome to the show, Sierra. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, well, I'm so thrilled to have you here. Okay, look, look, everybody knows about your phenomenal career. And if you don't, give Sierra a goog if you haven't. But I want to dive straight into something that I absolutely love that is a passion project for you, and that's Light Lessons. Yeah. What motivated you to create that? So when I was in 2009, I was working in London, and I came upon this thing in some one of these like bookshops that has like crystals and all this stuff of course like in London and um they had these like um words on them and I started using that where I would pull a word before a show to focus myself and my energy and then I started doing that giving that opportunity to other people when they would come to my dressing room is do you want to pull a word or something and then wow. from there it started to be like wait a second this is actually a really good idea just in life and um so I created light lessons which are 20 words or phrases that really work for me like kindness or empower or um be brave or be curious or you are enough things that sort of I always work for me or that I'm known for. And I wanted to create my own so that um, people could um, pick a word and focus their day, their hour, their minute, sometimes their month. If you're a performer and it's your audition or you're about to go on stage or you want to focus um, your energy towards something other than all the external stuff, um, it's just something that's always worked for me. And I wanted to share that with everyone. 
I called them light lessons because I was in New York and I was contemplating, I was at the river and I was contemplating these fireflies that were just flying around. And I'm from Denver, Colorado. So it's dry climate. We didn't have fireflies growing up. Mm. But um, so whenever I see them, I'm just so fascinated. And I thought like, whoever's created this universe has created a bug that's like, a weird looking normal bug during the day. And then at night, it's whole butt lights up. <laughs> right. And I'm like, who thought of this? And I'm like, wait a second, this to me, because I think that everything is a metaphor for us in nature, in this life. And whoever thought of that, to me, the metaphor is that, that the light is within all of us when darkness feels like it's all ground. And I thought, light Amazing. yeah. Yeah, that's it. And it's beautiful. And I, I just want to read something from... Uh, your website where you can find out more about these. Mm -hmm. You say, hello, fellow light workers. I believe that whenever we feel stuck, anxious, worried, overwhelmed, it is an opportunity for us to reconnect with nature, quiet the mind and realign with our unique purpose. And so these cards were created with just that in mind. The light lessons that honor the fireflies, who I believe are magical reminders that even when darkness is all around, we have the light within us. And there's a little bit more that goes on there. But what I really love, especially in this is, and it's at the bottom of your emails, you put it all over social media, mm -hmm. and it is such a gorgeous phrase that I have to call it out. Mm -hmm. And the phrase is, quote, you are enough. You are so enough. It is unbelievable how enough you are, end quote. And that to me encapsulates so much of just who you are and what it is that you do. But a lot of the things that I do with Audition Secrets, I am constantly trying to tell my students, my clients, the people that I run into that, look, you are enough. You have put in the work. I I, I can't even begin to tell you, and you know this, mm -hmm. there's so many people that we work with all the time. I'll never forget working with Keith Carradine at Encores. Now, Encores, for people who don't know, is um, a wonderful program where City Center takes older musicals that haven't been done in a while and they redo them again, but they take all these like wonderful Broadway performers and, and, uh, and oftentimes A-list performers, uh, both in Broadway and in just the general entertainment, and they make us basically learn the show in 10 days and then put it up. Uh -huh. and it's, like, it's like summer stock <laughs> yeah. for the pros. And Keith Carradine was so nervous and if you don't know who Keith Garradine is, look him up. He's part of a very famous acting family. He's won a Tony. He's won an Oscar. And I was so shocked at how nervous he was mm. and how he was like, I, I had to take this script and I had to get it a month in advance and learn it because this is such an intense process. And it just goes to show you that you know, we put in all this work. Keith is has every award that you could possibly want in this business, right? And yet he still suffers from the self-doubt. He still asks himself in some way or another, am I good enough? Am I worthy enough to do this? Mm -hmm. And so I love the fact that you're just like, you are so worthy. You have no, you have no idea how worthy you are. And that's something that I wish more people knew in our business. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think about this all the time and also don't we preach what we need the most. I mean, yes. I have to remind myself all the time that's like, or I have other friends that are like, wait, go back to your quotes here. You know, people who really know me. That's yes. like, oh yeah, that's right. You are enough. That applies to me too, as opposed to, yeah. I don't know everybody else. But I think that also when you get to a position where in your career where there's an there's more expectation because yeah. you 
because you are known for these things and people do expect that, um, oh, you're probably, he's probably fine or whatever because he has all these things. But that's when right. you have to be re-reminded of it even more. And I think the saying you are enough, you're so enough, it's unbelievable how enough you are means something to you one day. And then the next decade, it's going to mean something else to you because we're always growing and changing. And we are constant. Yes. it's like we're constantly forgetting. And especially in this world now that we live in where everything is at our fingertips and we can have tons and tons and tons of whatever, whatever we want. And it's all, it's all instant. We forget to just go back to the simplicity of that, who we are, how we came onto this planet is enough. And if anybody ever wants to challenge you on that idea, you would, I find it to ask them, would you ever tell a baby, a newborn baby, you're not enough? Would you ever mm. see like a tiny kitten or something that just came onto this planet or this tree or this acorn or this blade of grass? You would never look at it and be like, well, that's not enough. You just wouldn't. So why mm. do we do to ourselves? And why should exactly. it not apply to you, but it applies to everyone else? Yes. Go on, preach, come Sierra. On, oh, hell. come on, preach, Sierra. <laughs> 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 yes, thank you. Well, you know what? I'm going to leave that right there. So where can where can people find out more about Light Lessons? So go to my website, sierrabogus.com, um, and you can order them directly from there. And I also work with Fit for Broadway, this amazing other website, um, Jane Jordan, who runs it. And her sister is the one who actually hand drew everything that's on these on these cards. They really are so, beautiful. That's great. Yeah, they are. And they're, I'm really proud of them. And I sell them also at all my concerts. So anything that whenever I'm singing or something, then they're always available. All right. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, go on, get them, people. Come on. And in the meantime, let's get to one of my favorite subjects and the subject of this podcast and much of what I'm doing outside of my own performance at career. And that's auditions. If there was one word you could use to describe auditions, what would it be? Terrifying. <laughs> why? Why, why, why do you say that, Sierra? Uh, I think, and I talk about this all the time when I teach, what we are expected to do in an audition situation is so unnatural. We are, yeah. I've always said too, I don't understand why performers end up taking, well, now, even as I'm saying this, I'm changing. But mm. when people are addicted to drugs or uppers, down or something, I'm like, you actually don't really need it because what we do, it, if you want to feel like your highest high, go to an audition. If you want to yep. feel your lowest low, go to an audition. You know, like <laughs> it's like we go yeah. through it within five minutes sometimes. We're as high yeah. as we can get and as low as we can get. So that it's unnatural. Um, I have an amazing therapist and he says that in our business, we're regularly scheduled for heartbreak. So yeah. like, it, isn't <laughs> that amazing? amazing? And I'm like, yes, yes that's a t-shirt. That's, that's a t-shirt. We are regularly scheduled for heartbreak. So if you think about it, if you break down the audition, you're going into a room usually with really terrible lighting and people are behind a table. So it feels very corporate and very cold and not inviting you are being asked to come in there and be completely open and vulnerable, but not expect them to be your therapist on the other side. So it's not going to be an exchange of energy. It's going to be, this is what I've, this is who I am. And so we have to be ruthlessly ourselves in an environment that is uninviting. And that's why the word I would use is terrifying. And it's terrifying. It can be terrifying, amazing, or terrifying, fearful, I guess. 
But I do think, and I say this as well, that we get these butterflies, right? And that the butterflies are either, oh my God, I have these butterflies because I'm so terrified or I have these butterflies because I'm so excited. It's the same butterflies. You just have to change the thought around them. And that is helpful. Right. Changing the frame. And that that leads me to another question I was going to ask you. You know, nerves are a huge problem. Those butterfly feelings, the the sweaty palms, the the breath, the way it is. And everyone in some way, shape or form has them. But how do you overcome or like you say, reframe your nerves when you get that? Yeah, I always change the mindset. So I do not allow myself and the, uh, I do not allow myself to say I have these nerves because I'm terrified. I say I have these mm. nerves because I'm so excited, really excited to share, share what I've worked right. on. Now, if you are somebody who is terrified because you know that you haven't done enough work, you know that you don't know your lyrics, you know that you don't know your notes, you know that you haven't thought about who am I singing this to and why, you haven't filled yourself up with as much work as you can possibly do on your own, then you are going to be terrified. So the only time that I allow myself to think that I'm really super scared is if I didn't prepare. But that will only happen once really in my life. And then I learn from it because it's just not worth it. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. You know Especially I mean? when you get to a st- yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. In the beginning, I thought that I could skate by at times, not, sure. not totally, but at times I thought I could skate by on my talent or my reputation. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter where you are in the pecking order of um, uh, talent or in the pecking order of people who just get cast all the time or don't get cast. It's like you have to do the work. And what I say in my book is that, you know, I give these techniques. But at the end of the day, they they are worthless if you have not put in the work. Do That's not right. go into the room yes. unprepared because yes. then there's nothing that I can tell you. There's nothing that Sierra can tell you. There's nothing that whomever can tell you that will – will help overcome that. And yes. that is like the that's the basic foundation of just audition technique and just being prepared as an actor. It's like make a, we go to school for years and years and years if we're lucky, we're able to go to school, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, we come out after working that hard and so many people that I run into just think that they can get by on talent, but it's like, no, 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 honey. Look, mm-hmm. the the lowest person on the the ensemble rung probably has a better voice than you do mm-hmm. uh, on Broadway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so you can't get away with just being talented. You have to put in the work. One hundred percent, yes. So now that you, it's terrible. It's torture. <laughs> it's barbaric. Those are words I like to use as well. And, you know, I have a few watershed auditions, audition moments. What is your most memorable audition and why? Wow. I guess that I would have to talk about my audition for Little Mermaid because the first time that I auditioned, I thought that I had done enough work. It's a movie that I had known since I was a kid. I had been pretending I was Ariel since I was a kid. <laughs> you kind of look like Ariel. Yeah, like, I look yeah, like come on. Ariel. So yeah. I thought, great. This, like, yeah, I would love to do this. But um, bear in mind, this was 2006 when I was auditioning. And so we, even the internet wasn't even that big of a thing yet. So it's not like 
there was this huge hubbub about it. And I didn't know anything really about like what was going on on Broadway. But I had just enough like excitement that's like, oh, cool, this is going to be something. So I went and then I auditioned um, and I never heard anything back. And then two months later, I got a call from my agent saying, would you, um, would Sierra come back in to audition to be in the ensemble and to cover Ariel? And at the time I was living in Vegas, I was playing Christine and Phantom. And I said, no, out of... um, it just didn't feel right. It, something didn't resonate with me with that. That was just like, oh, no, I think I'm good. I'd rather stay and play Christine. Hello. Yeah, uh, why not? I was, I don't know, something, even though I hadn't made my Broadway debut yet, but I just didn't feel like that was the way. And then another two months later, I get a call saying, can she come in, to come to New York in three days for a final callback for Ariel? Mm. And I was like, now hold on, because I hadn't heard anything like there I, in fact I was out of the running I wasn't I hadn't even had a call back so something had occurred and what had occurred and so why I chose this story to tell is what had occurred is the director called the music director of um, Phantom of the Opera who happened to be one of her dear friends and said do you know anyone we cannot find an Ariel and she said Sierra Bogus. we'd never spoken about it and she was and Francesca, our director, said, I think we've seen her and we passed. And she was like, you need to see her again. And when I knew this, I was like, hold on a second. I am being given a second chance here. So what do I need to do? And I started doing work on a on a cartoon character like you cannot believe i sat down with the vhs movie and i started sketching out what it is about her in this film that makes her that i can access as a human person instead of a cartoon drug how do i make this real all the stuff all the work that we were talking about i did so much work i can't even tell you um, I got a pair of Heelys because at that point I had heard that um, they were using Heelys for the auditions uh, for Mermaid. And the Heelys, for people who don't know, are the shoes that have a wheel on the heel. Well, I had never put a pair of those on. My dresser at Phantom <laughs> happened to have the same size shoes. We rolled up the carpet in my dressing room and I practiced. I fell on my butt a number of times, but I knew I need to fall on my butt before I get in the room. So I. I armed myself with everything possible that I could before I went in that room. So when I got in the room, it was like, okay, this, I, they changed the key to the song on my voice right then. The Broadway key is higher than the movie key because my voice sounded younger in a higher key. So we changed it right there to see if I could. Alan Menken himself went to the piano, started playing, changed it. I was there for five hours they kept having me sit outside come back in sit outside come back in read with flounders read with uh prince eric's dance with prince eric wow. and then healy and it was me and four other girls and i was the only one who had ever put on a pair of healy's before so everyone else right. is falling trying to figure out how to do it and then meanwhile i'm just like skating around the room and now wait can i can we stop really quickly here yeah ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen listening to this right now you just heard a master class in what it takes to get a, a high level show with a high level group of people disney in this case mm-hmm. and and i am so i i mean I, 
I'm so proud of the work that you did to Thank get it. You. And then there's a, and, and it's obvious why you got it. I mean, obviously your talent, you you're just a wonderful person, but like the work that you put in mm-hmm. to make this work, if you can bring that level of commitment and that level of of just plain you know, can do, you are worthy enough to the craft, then you are going to open a lot of doors for yourself. It's true. It's very true. And I will, I also will say to that, the outcome for me was the outcome that we know, which is that I booked it. I have also done the same amount of work for something and have not booked it. And so I just want to say that too, for everybody listening is that it does, that we don't always have the like Disney ending and um, it's, but, but what I always say is the, I would never do less work knowing that the outcome is going to, is not going to be in my favor. I'm right. always going to do that level of work because that's integrity. And yes. if your priority are all our priorities shift, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's also important that there isn't, one way, which is what's so great about your podcast and what you do is there's so many different avenues to get to where we go. And this is, you know, this is the world according to Sierra. This isn't the only way. And, and reputation is such a huge component of what we do. Your reputation is half of the battle, if not more, because yeah. everyone's talented, right? It's just the people on the other side of the p- the table are also thinking, okay, who do I want to have to work with for the next, hopefully six months to two years? Yeah, right? absolutely. And that is part of why we're talking about make sure that you do that work, that level of work in an audition, because it shows them that you're willing to do that. Because I don't think anybody is confused about the amount of work that it takes to do this job. And, um, we just need to show that we are willing to do it, but, but mean it too, as instead of just um, look at me on the surface, how much work I'm willing to do. Aren't I great? It's really is no, I, I really want to do this for myself as well. Cause that's the only way I'm going to feel better going on to the, on stage. And that's going back to what we were talking about, just in the basic version of having nerves for an audition or having nerves of going out on the stage. If I have armed myself with as much prep work as possible, it's going to make it easier. It just is. And that's the mental game. It's going to make it easier in my mental game. If you are someone who auditions, you're someone who goes into the room or goes on stage and performs, then you need to get the book Audition Secrets Volume 1. It is the behind-the-scenes guidebook for nailing more auditions and booking more jobs. And the best part about all of it is it's absolutely free to you if you go to auditionsecrets.com and hit the tab that says free book. It's a digital download. You can have instant access to it today. So after this interview, go to auditionsecrets.com and get your copy. I never felt like I belonged. I struggled with that um, when I started. I felt like um, people are going to find me out that um, I don't belong. What did you think they were going to find out? Um, that I'm just like some kid who just loves this. You know, it's like, I I don't know. It's that weird, like irrational, like um, that you don't, you're just a kid. You're just like this kid who loves theater or something, you know, right. or you're this did kid. Did you go to school for theater? Did yeah, you go to school I did. Study? That's what's crazy is that it's like I I both felt I belonged and felt I didn't belong. Um, like 
I was always terrified of like high powered people or the people that I deemed as like, oh, these are like the producers or it's just like, oh, that's like a scary, that's a scary version of things that I don't really know. I just, I'm going to do what I know how to do, which is what I train for singing, dancing and acting. Um, if that makes any sense. And I think um, I definitely struggle now with expectation, people's expectations. Um, and so I'm constantly trying to just manage that where it's like, this is, it's all irrational. All these fears, by the way, that we have are irrational. Fear in general, fear it, in general, yeah. with, the, with the exception of the fear of like, oh my goodness, there's a bear over there. I should run away. But like the fears, most of the fears that we have are absolutely irrational. And what I love yes. to tell people, and I know this is a lesson that you have learned throughout your career, but I felt the same exact way early on because here I am, this kid who was on the path to Broadway and then all of a sudden took a different turn in the road. Like you said, my priorities changed and I went into television and some film and all these other music and all this other stuff for like 10 years. And then I came back around to auditioning and having to basically reprove myself, even after yeah. all the things with American Idol and everything I had to come back to. I had to come back to Broadway and prove that I belonged there. And you know that I felt like a, a uh -huh. fish out of water yeah. when I was there because I know, I knew, and I know for a fact that people were thinking, oh, who's this reality TV kid coming yeah. here trying to be a part of our group? But what really has saved me is in my conversations with casting directors, creative teams, and people on the other side of the table is that when you're feeling that way, especially in the beginning of your career, it helps to remember that the people on the other side of the table, although they may have Tonys, although they may have money, although they have quote unquote, all the power, they are just as, if not more desperate than you are yes. to, to, to find their to one, their to quota. find their person, yes. exactly. To justify their jobs. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And that's why so, many, so, so often we hear people say that they they want you to be it when you walk in the room. They're not, it's not, that's why I also say this business isn't a competition, which is hard to understand because I think a lot of times we're trained that it is. And, but it's not. It, just because somebody booked a job doesn't mean they won. It's not a competition. The only competition we're in is with ourselves. And that is cheesy, but it's the truth. I also tell young performers um to to be inspired by but not to imitate anyone else yes, yes and i yes. think especially that's important to hear nowadays because people are learning things off of youtube more than yeah. reading music so yeah. they are imitating and they might be imitating yeah. on accident or they might be imitating on purpose and i yes. really um no, no two people, even if you woke up in the same bed in the same house, woke yeah. up the same way. And right. so that means your version of this song needs to be your version of this song, not anybody else's. What's your truth? What is it that you are saying? And that's why it cannot be that somebody won if you were being on purpose and truthful to yourself. You have been in some pretty demanding roles vocally certainly and i want to know do you have any secrets any little tips <laughs> tricks things that you do in order to keep yourself healthy 
happen to do Christine eight times a week or seven times a week or how many times mm-hmm. you do it uh, and, and having to do Ariel and all the other roles that are, have been significantly demanding. What are the secrets, the things that you do to help you stay strong from Tuesday to Sunday afternoon or Sunday night? Yeah. Um, I don't go out if I'm doing a super demanding role, meaning as soon as I'm done with my show, I go home. So I wind down by watching some Netflix or something. I'm not out. And um, that's because I don't want to keep using my voice and using it in a loud environment. Um, I'm very protective of that. I really encourage people never, ever, ever smoke. Just never smoke. It is the worst thing you can do. Um, so never that. Um, and the other thing I do is I don't have anything that I need to have in order to go on stage. Meaning I don't need a particular lozenge or a tea or, um, a spray or a humidifier or anything that I have to have. The reason is it's a mental game, right? So if, for some reason in this venue or that day, it isn't there. Now I'm going to psych myself out and think, oh my God, I can't go on or I can't do this because I didn't have this external thing. So I really um, say that, especially to young people that develop now that as if you know that you went home the night before, that you didn't talk loud, that you didn't go out partying, that you have been, that you slept, um, that you drank a lot of water, like that's really the only thing that I'll give to my dressers. I just need my water bottle for when I come off stage and I hydrate all the time. And so that's it. Um, th- that's it. I try and keep it as simple as possible so that I don't psych myself out. And so that um, I am not depending on something that could then turn into being like a crutch, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Absolutely. That's so so smart. That's such great advice. And I did a interview with Laura Bell Bundy and she said, if you are really what she learned from the person who fixed her voice, the surgeon who fixed your voice, if you are really worn down, you can repair your voice within 36 hours uh, with silence. 36 hours worth of silence will help to significantly reduce swelling and other things in the voice, but you have to be committed to that. And I love the fact that you are so independent of uh, things that can be a crutch for people. It's like, oh my goodness, I've got to have my, my pastilles and my sprays and my everything else. After that wonderful piece of advice, what is the one thing that you wish everyone who is thinking about getting into this life and uh, or if they're in this life and they're struggling, or if they're having success, what is the one thing that you wish all of us knew? I want you to take the specialty off of your anxiety about this business, the specialty off of the nerves, the specialty off of the fear and um, the vulnerability that it feels. And I say it like that because I think we can get really married to the story that this is hard for me. Um, And I want, I think I would want everybody to know that this is, this business is a team effort. So even though you are the one that goes on stage by yourself and has to go deal with all that stuff mentally, you are not alone. And um, I have never I don't know another place where your fellow teammates are as supportive 
and loving as other actors can be. Um, and if you find yourself around actors that are not that, that are depleting you or feel dangerous to your mental health, then you must not be around them. So that's not one thing, but it's one thing with a whole bunch of like side notes. The one thing that encapsulates all that is that this is a team sport. Absolutely. So you're not alone. So that's why I say take the specialty off of that. You're special that you have this anxiety. You're special that you have this. You're not. We under we all understand that so much. We are all going through that. Um, and it helps to know that you're not alone in that and that we're a team sport and at the end of the day we are going to get each other through it and we're going to get each other on that stage and if you mess up or whatever we're going to each of us like you never see anything come together like a bunch of actors when someone forgets their lines or words you know nobody just stands there you can attest this too nobody's going to dare stand there with their arms crossed be like well get yourself out of this everyone comes together like Yes. You know, even people off stage are like, well, get on book. Like someone is going to help you. It is such a team sport. There is so much humanity. And if you're around people that don't believe that, get the hell away. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Go on, Sierra. On, Super Go Soul on, Sierra. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Super Soul Sunday on a Tuesday. Okay, so, yeah. I, and, and, you know, it's so interesting to me when you bring that up, the fact that this is a team sport. It's so... It's like when we see people on the award shows and the one name people and the shiny folks, as I like to call them, it's so easy for us to think, oh, yes, they have a team and they have agents and they have managers and they have assistants and stuff like that. But yes, it's a team sport there as well. But it's also a team sport when you're doing something in your church group. Mm -hmm. It's also a team sport when you're doing something regionally. It's also a team sport when you're doing something just even rehearsing at home. And that is that is such a beautiful point that you make that this is in theater. One of the one of the, one of the natures of theater is the fact that we are all in this together. And I love nothing shows me more than other than when somebody forgets a line, nothing shows me more than when you've got that dress rehearsal and everything looks and sounds like shit. And you're just like, we are never going to make it Yeah, that next afternoon or that next night where it's like, okay, showtime. There is a magic theater magic that happens and it happens Every single time I have never been around or seen a production where it has not happened, where everyone pulls together. And at the end of the show, when the curtain goes down after the bows, everyone is like, I can't believe we did that. And you did it. Yes. Yeah. That is that is just, you know, an example of what you're talking about encapsulated beautiful thank you so very much for your time this has been a wonderful conversation you are so much fun you have wonderful advice um i can't wait to come to one of your classes if you're teaching around somewhere yeah and um when is the next when's the next concert for you because i saw something on your schedule is there it is England? A, yes there's a major concert i'm doing in london so anybody who is listening from london or can get to london for it's a really easy date to remember it's 2 2 20 so february the 2nd 2020 um i'll be at cadogan hall two two shows that day awesome yeah awesome yeah great 
Well, break a leg, darling. Thank, Thank you, you so very much for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. You're absolutely Thank wonderful. You. Thank you so much. Didn't I tell you that was going to be fun? Thank you so very much, Sierra, for stopping by the show and for sharing with us your wonderful insights as well as light lessons and all the wonderful things that you are. And thank you very much, dear listener, for being here through the end of the podcast. I really appreciate you listening week in, week out. I cannot tell you what it means to me when you send me messages and when I see you sharing screen grabs of Audition Secrets or talking about the book or all the other things online. I really, really appreciate it. And it goes a long way towards helping us to keep going. Okay, don't forget to tune in next week where I interview the fabulous, phenomenal Robbie Roselle. We talk about his 54 Below show on Tuesdays in Manhattan, as well as what it was like to come out in high school in the 80s. Oof. He has a whole one-man show that talks about his time being shoved into lockers and given swirlies in the boys' toilet. All right, that and so much more coming to you next week. I'm Justin Guarini. You've been listening to Audition Secrets. And remember, at the end of the day, you're only one audition away. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.